busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. The older that I get, the wiser that I become, the more experiences that I accumulate, I realize that no matter the sphere of influence, no matter the category, I am anti-freedom. I hope I said that right. I am against anything. Matter of fact, let me backtrack. That wasn't correct. I am anti-bondage. I am simply put against anything that looks like it is impeding and infecting someone's freedom. I don't do well with seeing people in bondage. I don't do well with seeing people hurting. I don't do well with seeing people suffocated. I don't do well with seeing that people are suppressing themselves for the likes and the acceptance of other people. I... I'm talking about the anger that comes forth, the wrath that I feel, the E or the above. It really rattles me. And it's because I've come to the point that I have absolutely realized that if you are not free, the enemy is doing his job, which is why I feel like Jesus went the extra mile to say like, yo, who, who the word sets free is free indeed. Like when you are free and you experience freedom, it is difficult for anyone else to get you back in the, in a place of bondage voluntarily. I believe that there's two different kinds of people in the world. I believe the first group of people are shackled and they are in their prison and they truly do not know how to escape that particular prison. So instead of fighting against the current of what they've been served in their lives, they just have decorated their prison and called it life. Whoa. God bless those people. Then I believe there's a second group of people that they actually are aware of the shackle. They are aware as well as how to get out of it. But the scariness of what life will look like outside of the prison is so scary that they tuck the key in their back pocket and they continue to live life as normal. These are the only two group of people that I feel dwell in the jail of people pleasing. Everyone else who lives outside of that has found the answer. <laughs> has found the literal answer to life. And it is, I am not living according to what anyone else deems to be the correct way, deems to be the path, deems to be, okay, accepting. I am truly living for a party of one and he sits on a throne and I as much as I would love for people to understand my every move and why I'm doing something and see the vision the way that it is and to see the plan that God has for me, as much as I would love for everyone to be on one accord, I do realize that I can still get there with or without them. And I, I want them to be there, but if they choose not to, I'm still going to get there. Period. I had a conversation with a family member that made my blood boil. And I seen that I have been coming across different levels of people pleasing. And I was like, yo, 
this really bothers me. <laughs> and I had to get to the bottom of like, why? And it's because I realized the danger of people pleasing. There are billions, soon to be trillions of people on earth. Are you really going to spend your years here trying to keep everyone pleased and on one accord and satisfied at all times with what you do with your life, your time, your energy, and your resources? You are truly impacted by people's words, judgments, and thought processes on what you do with your time, your energy, and your resources. That doesn't make any sense. Logically, I can see if you felt some kind of way about someone giving you money and expecting for you to spend the money this way. And you felt some kind of way because eh, you didn't spend the money in the way that you two agreed. But someone is able to stand outside of your house of life and tell you how to decorate, tell you what the temperature should be in your house, tell you what the color scheme should be, tell you what to eat and how to eat it and do all the things. And all the while, you never get to do that to their lives. You never get to infuse your imprint and customize what you want to be happening in their lives. But yet people are able to look through the blinds the windows of your life and dictate like you're a puppet on how you should live your life. And even if it does not sit well with you, even if it does not yield peace, even if it does not yield satisfaction and contentment, you will do it. Why? Because they're looking. So close the blinds. Close the lid to your life so people don't have to add their sauce to what God is trying to do to your recipe. Why are we so fearful based on title, proximity, years spent in whatever friendship, relationship, family, whatever, eat all the above. Why are we so afraid to cut to the umbilical cord to what no longer feeds us? The conversation that I had with the family member I was asking about or came up in conversation about another family member who was recently married and she is miserable, miserably. Okay. And so I asked a very obvious question. What is keeping her there? Because she got married really, really later on in life, like in her forties, she doesn't have any children by this man. I know that this particular marriage was not religious based. It wasn't something that she felt like God divine. I think what happened is that was a long, long dream of hers. And she wanted to just go ahead and just check that particular box. And I honestly don't even think that it mattered who came in as long as they were in agreement. It's like, sure, I'll do it. She was just like, woohoo, <laughs> cool. Like, let's go ahead and do it. And this person has not served her, nor does she serve him in a way that looks like, is that what you waited all your life to obtain. And so I asked a simple question because I understand what the Bible says, whoever God puts together, let no man put asunder. God didn't put that together. So I had to ask the question. So why is she there? And the response that was given to me was that she had said the following, what are people going to think or going to say at work when her last name changes? And I cannot describe to you the level of anger that came forth, but I know, <laughs> I know that it was boil, um, what was the degree of it? I said, let me repeat that. She told you her response was, 
What will people at work say or think when her last name changes? And she was like, yeah. I said, okay, so let me just act like I have no idea what that means. Why does that matter? She said, because she doesn't want to come off as a failure. I said, but she's failing now, right? Not She's not a failure. The courtship that turned into marriage is not serving. So she's going to stay there for the badge of a last name that doesn't serve her so that people at work don't say anything so that her emails and her name badge stays the same. Like we are trying to, are we trying to put on a face (laughs) for people who don't matter? They don't go home with you. They don't add anything to your refrigerator. They don't add anything to your bank account. There is nothing that is adding to people being in agreement or people not having anything to say about what you do. People have stuff to say about what Jesus did. Okay. People have stuff to say about what God is or is not doing. Like they're going to always find something to say as long as they can speak and have breath to speak it. There's always going to be something that is said, but I don't know why that bothered me in particular. But the one thing that I said after hearing that confirmational piece, I said, yo, people pleasing is a prison. It is a prison of many doors that continue on and on. The levels are infinite. The doors are infinite. The people that you will be pleasing are infinite. I don't know if you notice, but people going to always keep having people. People going to always keep having babies. There's going to always be another person, always have another birthday. (laughs) There's always going to be people. You're always going to be pleasing. If you enter this prison, God be with you because you will never get out. You will never satisfy it. You will never satisfy it if your sole basis is when I get in here, I just want to please the people. And I don't even care if you reduce it to, oh, I'm not trying to please everyone, just the people in my family. Do you know how many opinions that is? Do you know how much agree? You can't even agree on what the family gathering is going to look like. You can't even agree on, let y'all all go to a restaurant. You can't even agree on how you're going to pay the bill. And you want people to be on one accord when it comes to your life. And they don't really factor in all your variables. They don't even know how you truly feel because a part of people pleasing is you mask your true feelings. You mask what you truly feel. And it only comes out in little bursts. Well, maybe when you become angry or when you get bold enough to be able to say a few things, but people are so used to you being voiceless that they go ahead and just shoo that off. Like, oh, okay. Like you said nothing at all. And so you go back into your chamber because you realize even when I speak up, nobody listens. So I'm, I just might as well keep performing in this way. Do you understand that you have literally allowed yourself to voluntarily be suffocated in your own life? And the craziest part about it is that you gave people keys to do that. What do you mean by keys to do that? Meaning that you give them the access. Yo, if you're not brave enough to say, this is how I want to live my life. This is how I feel that God is leading me. This is how I feel like what I want to do. If you're not brave enough to stand up for yourself with words and give people nothing, then be brave enough to have the spirit of the shut up, say nothing. But what if they ask me, don't answer. Like, yo, I'm not trying to get you to avoid people. I'm not trying to get you to get to a place that you start being scared to, you know, because if I go over there, then she's going to ask me about blah, blah, blah. And then what do I say? Then why don't you start saying stuff like, you know what? I don't want to talk about that. Or you know what? I'm still working on that. Mm, You know what? I'll get back to you on that. 
however you need to go ahead and customize it, but start to close the blinds to your windows so that people no longer have anything to watch. Don't you notice that when you tell certain people things, it's almost like the next time that you speak to them, they just pick right back up on following up on what you said last. Oh, whatever happened to such and such. Oh, so how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. And it's because the relationships that you have built have become the saga to your life. People are not even relaying to you anymore. They're just watching the, the saga of your TV show called life. People are not even calling you to see what's going on or calling you to share their news or calling you to brainstorm bigger and better ideas. People are literally calling cause it's been a commercial break since they last heard your information in your business. So now you have fostered relationships where people are not even laying to you. They're just watching you. You have become people's entertainment. Okay, so but but didn't you tell me that such and such was doing da da da? How's so what she's doing now? And now you have become the vessel of when I call you, I expect to be updated. When I call you, I want to know all the ins and outs of things that you're doing. When I call you, I'm I'm gathering information because I'm gonna have an opinion. And when I call you, this is the basis of our conversation. So either A, be brave enough to change the direct direction and the trajectory of your conversations, where no, you don't get to sit at the table of my life when I pick up the phone and all of a sudden now instead of it feeling like we're having a meal I feel like I'm being interrogated you don't get to do that you don't get to go ahead and just open up the door of my life and come in and breeze in when you want to and leave the door open like that's carelessness you cannot allow people to carelessly frivolously walk in and out of your life get the information that they feel they may not need dump on you leave some statements that don't sit well with you make you feel judged make you feel like you were examined and interrogated the whole entire time and then they leave and they come back when they want to get refilled no I'm sorry you are no longer their open bar you are no longer filling people with the feelings of your life with the intimacy and the details of your life and they are not doing anything to add value to that except add their opinion which you have to then go back and wrestle with because you feel bad you feel stupid you feel like oh maybe they think that I'm and so you are literally shucking and jiving for people who don't add nothing to you I need this to make sense I needed to make sense on why we feel the need to go the extra mile of not living just so that other creations can be okay with what we're doing. I am so thankful that Noah did not opt out of building the ark because God, I'm sorry, I didn't do it because I didn't want them saying anything about me. I am so glad that when David got to the point of fighting Goliath and everyone around him told him that he could not do it. I'm so glad that he just didn't go back home and be the shepherd over his father's sheep. And if God asked him at the end of his life, why didn't you go ahead and do that brave thing that I put in you that I knew that you can do? I'm glad that the answer wasn't God, because honestly, like I wanted to, but everybody around me didn't think it was a good idea. I am so glad that when Moses is mother saw him that he was a different kind of baby that she didn't say well um they said that you know they're gonna kill all the baby boys that are born to hebrews and they're gonna throw them in the now river so i might as well just go ahead and just i don't know just comply to what doesn't sit well with me <laughs> and i'm gonna go ahead and just sacrifice this child because whatever i'm so glad she was like nah even if i have to break the law at low key like god's just gonna have to if that's the way that i feel led but no i'm not killing this boy because 
because he because the king pharaoh put something in place to kill all hebrew boys i'm not doing it i'm so glad that the nurses that birthed him was like i'm not mm -mm, i feel god's anointing on this little boy i'm not about to adhere and people please to pharaoh just because he put something in place like i feel like god is telling me not to do it so i'm not going to do it i'm so glad like don't you realize the people who are the greats of the great that they did didn't go with the norm like the harriet tupman's wasn't just like well born black we don't get freedom oh well like let's just keep on well you know martin luther king jr mm, well malcolm x mm, you know what well, it's like all the people who truly truly made an impact in this world truly left their mark in this world truly made a difference in this world did not go with the norm did not go with what people said did not adhere to what people felt did not adhere to what people they said they should or should not do. And it's like, yo, in order for you to make your impact, in order for you to do what you feel led to do, in order for you to leave your mark, you cannot live for a party of billions of people. It does not work that way. It never has. Someone is going to be objective to what it is that you're doing. And that's okay. Jesus had the Pharisees. It's okay. God has a super duper enemy, Lucifer. It's okay. Stop thinking that the more people that you adhere to, the better life will be. No, you just are. It's limitless. There isn't, it's infinite. The number of people will never slow down. It will never be, oh, you just got to please your mother. Yeah, but your mother has such a stronghold on the things that you're doing that if you zoom out, most of the decisions that you made was so that she could be proud of you. Why? It's not so she can be proud of you. What she's doing is having control over you and you think it's so she can be proud of you. Yeah, but you know what? Proud is not transactional. Proud is someone is watching how you're developing, how you're managing your God-given gifts and skills, how you're navigating the world with good moral standard. Yeah, it has to do with the person you're developing into being. I'm proud of that person. Not I'm proud because you're doing everything that makes me feel good. That's called control. That is not a relationship. That is a dictatorship. If you have to do anything that is only based on transactions, then you do not have a relationship with that person. It is a dictatorship. You do what I say, I feel good about it. If you don't, I'm going to make you feel bad about it. And you're going to eventually leak yield to what I said I wanted you to do. And then that's the only time that this relationship continues because the ebb and flow is I say something, you do something, I feel good. I say something, you do something, I feel good. And the moment that you change that particular ebb and flow, I have a problem. So I throw a uh, temper tantrum in some kind of way. I either use the abuse of my silence. I either use the abuse of me coming down on you. I either make you go through a guilt trip and then I go back to fixing and going back to the ebb and flow of I say something, you do something, and now, oh, okay, we, I feel better. I feel better. I feel better about my control over you because now I got you to go back to people-pleasing. I need people to understand that the basis, the foundation of people-pleasing is low self-esteem. It's low self-esteem. You don't have trust in yourself or God. You literally have a traumatic experience, maybe founded in your childhood that you have not overcome. 
and you have not truly been given the space and the gift of unwrapping yourself to understand the value that you bring to the world. You have no idea. And so you are connected to people who find value in you because of transactional situations. You're dependable. They can always count on you for A, B, and C. And so you have built majority of your relationships because you literally carry out a consistent transactional E, fill in the blank. And that's why people fool with you. You are going to get to a place that you realize certain people don't even fool with you if you don't supply what you've been always supplying. So because the demand will never stop, as long as you're supplying it, the relationship will be there. But when you start to pull back on what it is that you're supplying, you'll start to realize, oh my gosh, do we even have a friendship at all? Is this even a really, are we even doing the family thing at all? Like, is this just based on, what is this based on? And when you zoom Zoom out and see this is transactional, then I need you to be brave enough to say, am I people pleasing in this area? Like, is it only thriving because I'm supplying something? And am I only supplying something because I really want these particular people in my life. I, I want to be viewed as a good person. I don't want to let people down. I don't want to. And what you're really trying to do is supply all the needs for people that you felt like weren't supplied for you at some really pivotal moment in your life. Someone let you down. Someone did not come through. Someone did not support you. Someone did not make you feel safe. Someone made you feel like you didn't matter. And now you took all of that, you put it in a gumbo pot called life, and you are trying to make sure that you feed people differently as much as you can, as often as you can, and anyone who comes in transaction with you. So now you have this relationship with people that you're like, everything no one gave me, I'm going to give to you. I'm always going to be there. I'm always, I'm always. Always, I'm always, and you put this pressure on yourself to make it where you never let people down. But can I say something to you? You are, you're letting down yourself because who's feeding you? Who's fueling you? Who's making you feel like you are valuable and whole without doing anything, but just being you who just sits with you because they love your company. Who just calls you up because they just wanted to see if they can go ahead and just take you somewhere or just calls you up because you know what? Miss you. Like you're doing okay. How's everything? How do you feel? And, and leave enough space and room for you in their lives. No, but you got to be the one that's always the shoulder to cry on. That's always the advice giver. That's always the, oh, okay, I'll come. Oh, okay, you, I'm always going to support you. Oh, and you are pulled in so many different directions. And then you wonder why at the end of the day, you got all these people on your phone. You got all these people on your social media platform of choice. There are all these people, but yet for some reason you feel empty. Dare I say that you're still people pleasing. And when you get to a place that you wake up enough to say, yo, I did not know that's why I felt empty. I did not know that I lend an ear to anyone. But when it's time for me to 
give a part of me that I'm like, I really need to get this off of me. I can't find anyone. Like, how come it's I'm always available, but when I need to speak to everybody else, they call me right back. (laughs) And this doesn't make it where, you know, we're not bashing people for being people. It is what it is. But at some point you have to realize, man, am I the am I the socket that everyone plugs into? And then when I have my plug moments, there's not a socket in sight. Like, is it time out? Would we be this close if we didn't have this particular transactional relationship in place? Let me pull back to see what happens when I don't let you borrow. What happens when I don't pick up my phone? What happens? And and it's not even to be rude, but every the Bible says the test. In order to know something, in order to know a man, test the fruit. So you have to test your relationships. What's the basis of this relationship? Does Buddy really like you or he likes the fact that you you are consistent and you are available and you, he knows your every move and so you're safe. And so he calls you and he fools with you and he does whatever with you because at the end of the day, he don't have to worry about you. Is Buddy fooling with you because he don't got to worry about you? Or is Buddy fooling with you because he really sees the value in you? Like, are you really talking to old girl because you feel like, yo, there's something special about her? Or are you just keeping her as a seat warmer to make sure that eh, you went ahead and exhausted all your other options? Do you really, really, really feel valued by your supervisor? Or is it obvious that you're the only reliable one in your team? So when everybody else goes ahead and lets things fall through the cracks, they're like, oh, okay, I'll give it to such and such. She'll do it. Yeah. Are you the one in the family that everybody leans on? Or are you just the one in the family that you let people dump on you with no fines? <laughs> like, is that how that works? Like, are you and your parents, you and your cousin, you and your whoever fill in the blank, are y'all really as close as you truly think that you are? Or are you the one that they, you, they know more about your life than you do about theirs? Yeah. Ask a pop quiz question. You'll start to realize low key, like, yo, you didn't tell me that. I didn't know that you changed positions. I didn't know that you were looking for houses. I didn't know that you were thinking about doing A, B, and C in your life. I didn't know. Yeah, because you know what? You are not someone that they want to share their lives with. They just want an eye to what you're doing. And when you start looking at things in that way, it starts to make you feel like, I want to live. And I want to live an authentic life. And I want to live a life that allows me to live with people that I care about that make room for me. Can you imagine being in a relationship, being in a job, being in a state, being in anything currently, and that's not your heart's desires true and through, and the only reason why you are presently there is because in order to step out, you're going to have to also hear people's opinions about you living in an authentic state? So you're not moving to that other state. You're not getting out of that relationship. You're not starting that relationship. You're not going for that promotion. You're not doing fill in the blank because you, it's not that you're not brave enough to not do it. You're not brave enough to face whatever someone may or may not say, think, or feel. Like, I really need you to like, what? 
And I know that most of that comes from childhood. Most of that comes from people's experiences. I think that human basic need is we do want people cheering for us. We do want people to understand. We do want a level of agreeability. And people usually go to the extreme of that. I don't give a crap what nobody says. And da, da, da. And that's the extreme version of being so hurt by people that you learned how to just shut everybody out. But then there's that healthy version of it where it is, yo, I wish that you understood, but even if you don't, I got to live. I got to do me. I got to do what God is telling me to do. I have come to the point in my life that I've realized that true, authentic satisfaction and contentment comes from me truly, truly, and thoroughly walking out what God has for me. I cannot stay at this position because my coworker may feel some kind of way. I cannot stay in this marriage or this relationship because you know what? I'm going to be embarrassed because of whatever. Rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I cannot not go here. I cannot not do this. I cannot start dressing like that like it gets to a point that it's like you letting people put their hands all inside of your organs and nobody created them but God why are people literally the author and the omega of what you may or may not do why are you allowing people to literally compete with the throne that God sits on like please choose your God and choose wisely Yeah, I can't let somebody else who breathes what I breathe, who doesn't know what their life is going to look like in five years, who doesn't even know what's going to happen in 10 more minutes from now. I can't let you be the alpha and omega. I can't do that. That doesn't even make logical sense. So I forgive me if I choose to do the leading and being and choose to be led by a God who is infinite, who knows years from now, who is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He is, he's perfect. He's constant. He is everything. Get this, that people are not. People are forever changing. They're going to always change their mind about you, about them, about people. They think. And so you will be always continuing. You will be playing a spiritual game of whack-a-mole trying to, guesstimate what people want you to do and don't want you to do and what's going to make somebody mad and what's not. And like, I'm not doing any of that. If you don't want to go there for Thanksgiving, don't go there for Thanksgiving. And if that's so heavy that somebody's willing not to speak to you behind that, then guess what? It wasn't ever really real. Cause what if you lived in another country and couldn't get a, a flight? It would be a problem then like, yo, like how deep does this go? How far are we willing to go ahead and let people keep us suffocated and straggled I don't do well and it's amazing to me that I'm like you would think that this is just a modern day issue no it's biblical times with it it has been an issue for quite some time I had to go back and read about Moses I was like bruh when God was calling him by the burning bush buddy truly had a problem (laughs) like I I was like what are you why are you so invested in they And what they may think, Moses, like, I don't get it. So when I looked at, real quick, I looked at Exodus 3, right? And I want to read from verse 12. God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I'm the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. 13. But Moses protested. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? 
Then what should I tell them? 14. God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. 15. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel. Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. Then when I read, pause, the next chapter, Exodus 4, Moses was back at it with the white vans. One, but Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? (sighs) So then God goes through this whole thing like, all right, I'm going to show you all these different tricks. Pause. He was like, listen, take this, take your cloak, put your hand in, this, that, and third. And then go down to verse eight. The Lord said to Moses, if they do not believe you and are not convinced by the first miraculous sign, they will be convinced by the second sign. Nine, and if they don't believe you or listen to you, even after these two signs, then take some water from the Nile River and pour it out on the dry ground. When you do, the water from the Nile will turn to blood on the ground. Ten, but Moses pleaded with the Lord. Oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been. I'm not even now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. Eleven, then the Lord asked Moses, Who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? 12. Now go. I will be with you as you speak and I will instruct you on what to say. 13. But Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send anyone else. 14. Then the Lord became very angry with Moses. All right. He said, what about your brother, Aaron the Levite? I know he speaks well. And look, he is on his way to meet you now. He will be delighted to see you. Pause. Moses, you so trapped in the people-pleasing prison that you even pressed upon God to the point that even God was like, yo, there's nothing I can show you There's nothing that I can say to you, even after he showed you all the miraculous signs, even after he said, okay, if they don't believe you here, do this. If they don't believe that, then do that. All right. And then you're going to do this and that. And he gave you the most detailed instructions on what you could do for they, you were so locked and dedicated to remaining in the people pleasing prison that you make God angry. Like you were willing to tell God, nah, I don't think it's me, big dog. I ain't going to hold you. Not because you did not know what to do because God equipped you. Not because you didn't know why God was calling you because he told you. Because the people that you were going back to, you couldn't face. You were afraid of people to the point that you were okay with infuriating God. That... It's a totally different level of people pleasing that I do not want to partake in. That, for God to be like, bruh, you scared about what? And what got my attention is that God only gave him three things. 
Because he was like, listen, I know people are hard-headed, but I'm not about to give you 15 different things that you're getting ready to do. And if they don't believe you the 20th time, then go just go ahead and go to 30th time. And He's not doing all that. He literally said in verse 8, uh, if they do not believe you and are not convinced by the first miraculous sign, they will be convinced by the second. And if they don't believe you or listen to you, even after these two signs, and take some water from the Nile River and pour it out on the dry ground. When you do, the water from the Nile will turn to blood on the ground. And God didn't give anything else outside of that. He was like, let me explain something to you. You try to go ahead and perform for people. You try to go ahead and get in the business of convincing people. We're going to be here all night. I'm not interested. And as you can see later on in the Bible, when Moses went and was like, Pharaoh, let my people go God had to do a lot of plagues way more than the three that he just told Moses about because to convince people it's a whole thing it is you have no idea what you're up against and most of the plagues that God did it wasn't because the people didn't believe it wasn't because necessarily they were like "Mm, not too sure it's because the some of the plagues that God was doing the magicians of Pharaoh were able to do as well So it's not, and there's a word right there. Sometimes it's not even you coming against someone's actual belief. It's that you're not showing them anything different than what they already know. He went ahead and did the serpent. The magicians were like, oh, we can do that. Anything you can do, I can do better. And they were doing that for the first few plagues. It wasn't until another plague came into the chat that they never seen. The magicians went to Pharaoh like, bro, he he may really be from the Lord. I ain't going to hold you. Like, this is something I've never really seen. So could you imagine, like, what depth, how far, how drenched do you have to get to something to go ahead and get a shock value into someone that you are now walking out something, you are now doing something that's like, you know what, now I believe you. Because, you know, everybody said they was going to make it to the NBA, but, like, bro, you really are in the NBA. Everybody says they want to be in the music field, but, like, bro, you really are doing the music thing. Like, wow. Like, everybody says that they want to go ahead and be an entrepreneur, but, like, wow, you really are. So it's not the fact that you are telling them something. It's the fact that you're telling them something that they've seen before. They've seen failed before they've seen it don't believe this it's when you start doing the stuff that they never seen before come on holy spirit and it's only like mike todd said in his book it's only crazy till it happens so instead of people calling you names they're actually just telling you what they know they're giving you their experiences they're cutting and pasting oh yeah your granddaddy had that dream oh you know your auntie whatever the case may be oh yeah my friend you know the first three years and she went out of business repeat that in the name of jesus well her business is not god's business god wouldn't have given this to me if he knew this was going to fail god wouldn't have told me to walk out of a boat that was safe in order for me to walk on water if he knew I was going to sink. So I apologize that that was the experiences that you were witnesses to. I apologize that that was something that was privy in your life. But as for me and my house, and this is the house of my life, and this is the temple that God lives in, as for me and my house and my life, no, he said Jeremiah 29 11 with it. He said he got a future that's going to give me a hope. There's some things that I'm heir to that I apologize that if you didn't sign up for it, but I put my name on a dotted line when I took salvation and there's some things in my life that is going to go down with or without pleasing people because I'm not looking to please you I'm looking to go after for what God has for me I'm willing to go after the assignment that he's put on my life the calling I want to work in purpose I want to walk in my purpose on purpose and if it doesn't include people pleasing then I'm cool then I'm cool because at the end of the day to be honest with you there's no satisfaction there 
people pleasing, the statement in itself leaves no room for you. You are living to please people. The person who's getting the satisfaction is other people. There's no room for you to be satisfied with that. It's rigged. It's not even set up for you to feel good about it. You do one thing that makes friend A feel good, friend B got something to say. You do something with cousin C, aunt D has something to say. It's like, yo, it's rigged. Can I give you a spoiler alert? You don't win in that equation. You don't win in that prison. There is nothing set up for you to feel content, to feel peaceful, to feel like you're walking in your purpose, to feel excellent about your life, to feel excellent about yourself to feel whole none of that it's all rigged you were just there to be the socket to other people's plugs and then you wonder why you don't feel whole why you feel zapped because you have one purpose people are plugging into you you never get to plug into anything else huh why why would you willingly willingly go into that and I'm gonna go ahead and tell you this after this conversation if you still walk into that prison with your uniform all ironed up and your keys all together and you do your whole shift and you do it with your whole heart after this conversation then like bro you just one of those people that can't be helped and it is what it is because the bible says those with ears let them hear Like if it's meant for you to go ahead and get out of it, if you truly wanted to be healed, if you truly wanted to be freed, if you truly wanted to get out of the prison, then guess what? I done gave you the keys. God has gone ahead and spoke to you. You have felt convicted this whole entire conversation. There's nothing about what I said. That's brand new news to you. It's just that you were a little bit fearful on losing people. And this is your only family member. And what if they don't speak to you anymore and you were afraid to be alone? But can I say something? If I had to go ahead and set up a wrestling match between you being a afraid someone not speaking to you or you being afraid that you never reach your purpose and your passion I pray that you allow uh the latter to win because I couldn't imagine living your whole entire life and you never reach your full potential because people what yeah like no like no So my challenge to you, real talk, is to have a real talk session with God and say, listen, I noticed that this has been, uh, wow, this has been a little anchor in my life. And I've gotten far, but but I felt heavy. And so if you can show me in my own customized way how I can unravel these anchors in my life so that I can truly travel at the speed in which you've designed me for, if you can show me how to do that, God, and Holy Spirit, give me the bravery to carry it out, just the same way you told John. Joshua, be brave and strong, be brave and strong, be brave and courageous. Allow me to have the courage and the bravery to go ahead and live life truly and fully in my authentic state, even if it means I can no longer please people. Because at this point, my gauge is no longer on people pleasing. My gauge is on working in my purpose. And lead and let that be that on that. Do you understand? All right, listen, because I, I, this thing, I'm so passionate about this. I have no time for anything that looks like suffocating seeds before they grow fruit. It's a problem for me. I'm not about that life. I will windmill in the spirit. Do not play or comfort anyone's freedom. Not with me being, uh, in, in the chat. I have, I'm going to say something. I'm not the most confrontational grandbaby. I don't like confrontation, but you will not suffocate nobody in front of me. You will get these spiritual hands. Do you understand that? 
Okay, because I'm hype and I'm I'm a little angry. So let's go ahead and hear. Um, I feel like you got what you needed. Yep, you know what these conversations are. They're life conversations, life-provoking conversations, conversations that not everyone's going to have with you, but who? Your favorite homegirl, okay? Created to the number two, Multiply is my YouTube, where I also speak about the things that I'm experiencing in this season. Uh, as I'm navigating the journey into the, my true, authentic abundance, that's another thing that I'm huge on. You're not going to tell me what feels good to me. God's going to do that. And if you don't agree with what I'm doing, cool. But just watch me. Watch me. Ooh, okay. That's how that works. The Patreon, the text, and the blogging community. Strive, the letter N, inspire. And create it to multiply.com for all the things that's happening because I'm going to live this life and I'm going to live it the way that God tells me to live it. The end. They ain't agree on a lot. Biblical times. You think they're going to agree on everything now in modern times? Haven't I say? It's nothing new under the sun. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go because I'm hype and you got websites and YouTubes to go to. Okay? We talk later? Cool. Later. <laughs>